to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And a special show lined up for you this week. We depart from the norm where we have usually several different features and interviews and some news and notes from the tribe to focus in on a visit from Hall of Famer Jim Tomey, named to the Hall of Fame last week, the induction ceremony coming up this July in Cooperstown. But his visit to Cleveland on Friday, the first time that he has been in the city since being announced as a Hall of Famer and the vote being unveiled last week when he took those phone calls in his suburban Chicago home. So a great opportunity to visit with Jim yesterday. He was here taping a program with the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton, that will air on Sports Time Ohio most likely next Friday. And we will play... A lot of that interview between two good friends, not only the broadcaster for the team at the time that Tommy was breaking in and becoming a Hall of Famer and putting together that Hall of Fame resume, but uh, they became close as time went by during that great period of time in the 90s. So we will get to that in our next segment. But we had a chance to visit with Jim before the taping of that program and ask him about the Hall of Fame, what it means, and when someone says Hall of Famer Jim Tomey, is he getting used to that yet? I don't think you do. You know, I think the the last week has been so great, so surreal, just embracing every moment. And uh, I mean, how do you ever dream of of something like this happening? And when it does, it it, it gives you all that all the time to reflect back on all the great memories. So special. And you mentioned that. It's hard to predict how it could happen. Take us back when you broke in with the Indians. You're just trying to to get your feet wet, right, and and prove you're a major leaguer, and then this happens? You you do. Uh, You know, in, in looking back at those early stages coming through, you know, you're a young player. You're trying to find your your kind of niche, where you're going to go, you know, what's going to happen. And then you're you're surrounded by all these great players. Uh, to me, I was very fortunate to be around a group of tremendous players, but also great coaches in our organization that kind of guided and helped us uh, along the way. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, we had so many great players in our lineups in the minor leagues there in the 90s. And I think for me personally, I benefited from a lot of those guys being in those great lineups and just just kind of learning the ropes, you know. And then once, once you do start having success, then it just keeps flowing and you hope to continue it. The announcement happens in Chicago, 
now you're in Cleveland for the first time. What what has it been like so far? And, and what do you expect about the day today, being here where where it all began? Very special, you know. For me, I think I think it's a no-brainer to uh, to represent Cleveland and to go into the Hall of Fame and have that history of all the great players that have come through here. And it's such an honor. It's an honor to be inducted, and it it's an honor to have spent pretty much. I would say mostly my whole career here and all the history and to be a part of that is very special. Should be a great day come July and you're going in with a great class, which I know you're you're excited about. Yeah, you look at those guys, Vlad, uh, Hoffy, you know, and, and Chipper and myself. What a great group of guys, a special, great players. And the, the cool part is we're all, uh, you know, we all kind of, Kind of, kind of came up together, played against each other. I know personally for me with Chipper, you know, all those years he was in the minor leagues. We were kind of coming through the same time, same position. Uh, and to think both of us as young third basemen would eventually go on and and uh, you know get to what last week gave us is so cool and special. Should be a, again great time in July. Enjoy the day today. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Very, very I appreciate it, and it's uh, it's an exciting time. Baseball's right around the corner. We're all looking forward to it. And Jim Tomei's not kidding. He can't wait for baseball to get here, and we will have baseball soon. First broadcast for us is February the 23rd, so it is getting here in a hurry. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will hear some of the. Interview between Tom Hamilton and Jim Tomey, the Hall of Famer, as uh, they recorded that show for Sports Time Ohio to air next week. That's coming your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And also in downtown Cleveland on Friday, Jim Tomey and Tom Hamilton taping a show for Sports Time Ohio that will air next week, and they did it before a live studio audience consisting of Indian season ticket holders. It was a great event, a fun conversation. Hope you can check it out on Sports Time. We are going to have some of the best moments of that interview coming up on this week's show, and we begin with Tom asking Jim about the moment that he received that phone call in his home just outside of Chicago. I'm sure most of us have now seen the video, Our New Age. Um, there's no such thing as privacy in your home, but it was really neat to see the video of you and Andrea, and then, of course, your children, Lila and Landon. Yeah. When you got that call, um, look, you knew, I'm guessing, that it was coming. It was pretty obvious that you're a Hall of Famer. But take us back. When that phone rings, does it still jolt you? It, 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 Tom, it was a feeling you'll never describe, you know, and, and I say this, and, and I've been asked this, like, did you know, did you know you were going to get the call? You don't know. And, and the anxiety and the built up, you, you, you know, you, I, you know, you hear people say, oh, you're at this percentage or you're, you're now coming in at this percentage. And we as players we always believe in the baseball gods. We never want to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, and, and, and that morning of the call, the anxiety, but, but in a good way, when that 212 area code called from New York, it was just absolutely amazing. It was a feeling, 
And then me watching my family, my dad, my brothers and sisters, the emotions on their face. I got to tell you, it was just, that's what made it so special. It's more, to me, it's just more about the guy going in. It's about all the great group of people that you've been surrounded around as well. To celebrate with them means so much. You have no idea. This will, this will be one fun summer of celebration <laughs> and excitement. Well, and the good news is, like most of us, Jimmy didn't just click no answer, because most of us think it's now robocall. So, you know. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to miss that call, that's for sure. <laughs> no, there in my son, Irani, my son, the night before, he goes, now, Dad, you know, make sure your phone's charged. He goes, <laughs> and, uh, and then to watch, you know, to, to have a daughter that's, that's in high school now, that's obviously older than Landa, but, you know, I, I think Lila, you know, Lila's a little older. I think she really gets it, and it's so much fun. You know, um, you touched upon it, obviously, how much your support group has meant. And for those of us that got to meet Big Chuck, which is Jim's dad, Chuck, and your late mother, Joyce, back in 1990, I mean, when you were first coming up and kind of going back and forth, but we would meet them in spring training and whatnot. I mean, I have never met a mom and dad that were more proud of all of their children. It wasn't just you, but they were so proud of their entire family. But what it meant for them to have a boy playing pro baseball. It, it, it did. I mean, honestly, like I think growing up in the Midwest and the values and what, you know, and I always, dad was the, the, dad was the father that we would go to the baseball field. He would tell me how to play the game, you know, hey, you know, be tough, try to you know, do it this way. And then here was mom. I think she was the type that was always how to treat people, be kind, you know, people's emotions, treat people the way you want to be treated. And I got to tell you, I mean, she would have absolutely she would have just loved that day. I mean, it's, it's, it's so great. And I'm not, I'm not trying to go to an area that we don't belong, but I, I think it's important that people know how much this city and the organization has yeah. meant to you, but to your family. And the fact of that is bore out with, with your mom and, and her headstone. Can you... Share that story. I know it's hard because I, I want to cry every time I hear it. Well, it's okay to cry. I've learned over the last week you're going to cry a little bit. <laughs> you just drink water and you, you know, okay. regroup yourself. <laughs> but uh, so when mom passed, one of the things that was very special to our family was to have her gravestone as Jacob's Field, the picture of Jacob's Field, where her seat was, and the looking out where up above well, our dugout up under the, you know, overhang there. And and to this day, when I come to Peoria, when I'm going to my lodge and I, you know, I need to talk to my mom. I do. I stop. And the first thing I think of is Jacob's Field because that's what's on her grave. And, you know, my sisters, my brothers, dad, uh, they've genuinely, I have to tell you guys, they've genuinely loved everything about Cleveland I mean, for many years, they always used to talk about their summer trips coming, the drive into Cleveland, you know, the flats, you know, the, the way we played with the Indians and that whole 
just just kind of special time we all went through. Jimmy, it, it was such a special time, and, and now I think that all of us have had 20 years to reflect. You were saying it before, when, when you're playing, when you're a broadcaster, and obviously we have a little part in it, but I mean, when you're playing, when you're managing, when you're coaching, it, it's the next day. You, you don't have time to sit back and go, man, this is really great. But it was an era that we'll never see again, probably because it was the perfect storm here in Cleveland. And the fact that you're going in as the first player from that great era is really appropriate. And I'm, I'm sure it means something for you, too, because you're also representing a lot of great teammates that uh, probably some should be in. I think Kenny Lofton should be yes. in. I think Omar should be in. Yes. But... I think it's appropriate that you're the first. You're carrying the banner. Well, I, I, I thank you. Obviously, thank you for that. But I, I will always say this, and I'll go back to the days in the minor leagues, even through the early years of the big leagues. I mean, you're only as good as the people around you and the people that the organization surrounded us all around. I mean, think about it. You might go through a stretch where you're doing well and the guy behind you is not, or vice versa, and we picked each other up all the time motivated each other, you know, guys like Albert Bell, believe it or not, motivated us all to be great players. You know, the leaders of Sandy Alomar and Carlos Baerga, the, the, the way Kenny, you know, played the game and leading off a game and setting the stage so high, you know, when he would strike out, he'd flip the bat on home plate. Sometimes we'd get a little crazy, like, don't do that, because then now he's going to call like this. But we loved Kenny. I love Kenny. Kenny Lofton, to me, is a Hall of Famer. Omar Vizquel's a Hall of Famer. We had, we had Eddie Murray. We had Dave Winfield that are Hall of Famers. And, and you could go down the list. We all benefited from each other. And I think the best part of this is the story will continue, because <laughs> in my opinion, there will be more guys from our group go in. Albert Bell is a Hall of Famer if he stays healthy. And unfortunately, you know, he had the injuries that curtailed his career, and that's probably what will keep him out of the Hall of Fame. And we've seen that with other players. When you get hurt, unfortunately, um, it'll hurt your chances to get in. But I think you need to share with this group what Albert Bell has meant to you. And um, literally, I'm, I'm guessing, thousands of text messages did you get any from people that you didn't expect? Well, I, I got a text from Albert, and I got to tell you, it was so special to get a text from Albert Bell because we all looked up to Albert. Albert set the bar very high on how to be a player that went about his business every day, produced. Let's face it, Tom, he was one of the best clutch hitters in our era. And uh, I know for, uh, for me to get that text – so last night, I'm sitting there. I'm in phone conversation with Sandy Alomar. I'm in text conversation with Kenny, Bayerga, and Albert, trying to get together in spring training for a dinner. Wow. And I got to tell you, it, my wife was sleeping. I was in <laughs> the other room trying to be quiet. And here, I'm, my excitement level is through the roof. <laughs> and it's bringing back all these old memories to me. And, I mean, that, that is truly like what the game is about. Like, to me, looking back, and look, we all get into the grind. The grind is every day. You got this going on. But what this has done is bring back so many memories because now we can talk about it and share it. 
Well, and I think, too, Jim, the thing about those guys that you all mentioned, granted, Kenny was traded for, but at the end of the day, he was really developed by the Indians. Almost all of you guys that you're talking about, the core group that led to that era, you were in the minor leagues together. You lost together on the big league level. Is that what helped make that such a bond with those guys? Uh, no question. I think any time you can start an A ball and come up through the, the chain and then know, let's say you're a double play combination or let's say you hit in front of a guy in the order in the minor leagues and all of a sudden you get to the big leagues. Now, now you, you know, I mean, also to help that person, to maybe be able to say something like, hey, you know, I see this or, you know, we had so many guys – like in that environment of our clubhouse that did so much, the way Bayerga was, you know, and I don't want to fit, Bayerga had this great way of his charisma and how he went about just life. It all brought happiness to our clubhouse. I mean, I could go on and on, and we just, what those guys meant to me, I hope they know how much they mean to me and how appreciative I am of getting that call, but also that they played a big part for my success in getting that call. Well, we hope you can stay with us when we come back. More of that interview between Tom Hamilton and Jim Tomey as they talk about the dynamics in the Indians clubhouse back in the 90s. A lot of fun along with a lot of winning. That's next as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. We continue with our special show this week. Jim Tomey, the Hall of Famer now, in town on Friday to record a television show to air on Sports Time Ohio next week, along with the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton. Two great friends, Tomey, able to break into the major leagues and be a big part of the team back in the 1990s. Sounds familiar. Tom Hamilton, same thing almost at the exact same time, so they, they grew up, so to speak, together with the Indians during a great period of winning and success in Cleveland Indians history. And when we left off, Jim Tomey talking about some of his teammates on those great clubs of the 90s, and Hammy picks things up, asking Jim about the clubhouse environment on those great clubs. Well, you, you talk about the clubhouse, and maybe because we were all early in our careers, you walked into that clubhouse and you figured, well, I guess this is the way it is everywhere. It was Animal House. <laughs> yes, it was. Before and after the game. Now, it was all business at 7.05, but I've never seen a clubhouse like that since. I, I, I saw a clip the other day. I hit a home run, a walk-off home run, and got to home plate, and, and got to home plate, and, like, I was getting smacked on the top of the head from high fives, and I smacked, like, I hit somebody else, and I'm thinking, geez, like, are we fighting against teammates here? <laughs> like, but that's the, that, that animal house, that, that way that our club had so much fun, that was what was so great. Like, I, looking back, just so many special times. Jim, why didn't it get out of hand? I mean, why were you guys then able to, at 7.05, turn it on? And also, you know, stop and think, folks, five straight division titles. Now, in this day and age, you don't see very many teams repeating because it is hard after you've done it 
to not come back the next year and just assume, well, we'll just pick up where we left off. That that was never really a problem for you guys. No, and I think I think you got to credit Mike Hargrove. I think here was this man's man, this guy from Texas. Here was this animal house clubhouse. And then all of a sudden, here's this calm, you know, really good man. Tough, though, very tough. If you did wrong, he'd let you know. But he was also that guy that would hug you and put his arm around you and and be your guy. You know, we had the Buddy Bells, Charlie Manuel, you know, Davey Nelson. We had guys that were tough on us, but I think when the game started, one of the greatest compliments I ever heard Buddy Bell, and I worked with Buddy, and Buddy said, Jim, I'd never seen a team compete once the bell rang like you guys. He goes, I, I, he goes we'd be going along four, five, six innings, and we'd think, well, you know, are these guys really wanting to play? And then, bam, like all of a sudden, we'd put up an eight spot or a nine spot. You know, fans, fans got to the point. They wouldn't leave in the ninth inning. Like, we were coming back so much. We created, and the fans created us that feeling as well. You know, I want to come back to that, Jimmy, but we really should actually go back to the beginning. What, 13th round draft pick? You were actually also playing basketball in community college. So, folks, this was Believe LeBron not, James yes. before LeBron James. No, I wasn't James. LeBron. Please. Hey, I learned that very quick. Baseball, <laughs> baseball. I, I grew up in the Midwest. I think every kid plays basketball, and I support that. Having a, a young boy now that I don't think he should just play baseball. We could, that's another topic. Yeah. We could get into that. But I think, I think playing multiple sports and, and competing, you know, having that inner drive. You know, everybody always looked at me as, the, as I guess, the nice guy that was. But deep down, I really wanted to beat you more than you ever know. <laughs> and if you beat me, I would try to find ways to beat you back as a pitcher. I, would, I, I, I wanted to be ultimately great because I was around great group of men and players. But you're a 13th-round pick. You know, that, that, you're against the odds making it to the big leagues as a 13th-round pick, much less be sitting here today as – a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of nine guys with 600 home runs. And we could go through the list of the guys that are legitimately 600 home run hitters. You're one of those. And um, at what point, I mean, why did you not think, well, I just got drafted. You know, I'll play a couple of years in the minor leagues, and I'll go back to Peoria, and I'll have stories, you know. Where did that go from, or when did you start saying, to hell with it, I, I can make it? I think when Charlie turned me around, when he when he tweaked a few things with my stance, and you know had a little bit of success early on. Not not you know what was ironic, never really hit a lot of home runs, but would everything hit, to left center. Yeah, hit right? everything to left center. I was a closed off hitter, had my hands real low, and look look, I had a knack to hit getting the bat head to the baseball, uh, and then and then. You know, obviously then being around Charlie and understanding truly what hitting was all about, the, the, the tweaks we made and then instant success. And Charlie used this term every day. A little bit means a lot in baseball, whether it's negatively or on a positive end. A little tweak here and there can mean the world, and it did for me. And then all of a sudden, then I started believing, wait a minute, like this 13th rounder, 
you know, this can happen. And then just having confidence, having that support system. And, and minor league instructors, the Johnny Gorals, Dave Keller, you know, Brian Grahams, those guys believing in all of us as young players, then, then, then you start believing yourself. And I think that's what happened. You know, you didn't come up, though, as an instant success. And a lot of guys go through that early in their career. They're up. They're struggling. It's probably like you're looking over your shoulder because if you're not four for four, you feel like you're getting sent down or benched. So you had to go back and forth. Did it waver at any point like, oof, this might be a bigger bigger bite than I can handle? No, because I was so young in getting that opportunity so early that I think, I don't know, to be honest with you, I don't know if I believed it at that stage. Because the goal is to get to the big leagues, and then once you do, you ask yourself, do I really belong here? Am I, am I really capable of doing this and being successful? And then, and then maybe going back did help. You know, I got hurt uh, in 93. Uh, I hurt my wrist. And then I think in 94, excuse me, 92 I got hurt. 93 went back to Charlotte, and that's when it really, really uh, took off mm -hmm. to the degree of me learning myself as a hitter and understanding, you know, to be able, how to pull the ball successfully but still maintain that approach through the middle that I had to center and left center. So now the next year is 94, and ironically, it's the opening of Jacobs Field. So you played in the old place. What were your thoughts the first time you walked into Jacobs Field? Very big. <laughs> Very big. But, but, but to me, and, and having a father that talked tradition of baseball, it, 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 to me it was about the tradition mm -hmm. and all those great players. Like, you know, like I would hear Dad say, well, Ted Williams played there, or Babe Ruth played there, or, you know. Feller, you know, like I would hear all these great names. And then. So you liked the old stadium? Well, I, I, it was my first big, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, think about it. Like this was my first big league home field. But I will tell you this. Now, on the reverse end of coming up as a young third baseman and having throwing struggles that I did, uh, you know, and having not a lot of people in the crowd, you heard everything <laughs> as a player. So. <laughs> So when I would throw a ball away, all of a sudden it was like, okay, I hear that person in that <laughs> row. And, and, and I think maybe that helped me overcome really? some of things. And then once you get into these big ballparks, like, like the movie, uh, what's the movie where Costner says, you know, like tune everything, like what, uh, for the love, love of the, the game. game. Yeah. yeah, when he's on the mound. When you're in big, like, ball, when you're in ballparks with a lot of crit with the crowd, you tune that stuff out. So maybe in my early stages, that helped me. That's Jim Tomey and Tom Hamilton, and we'll conclude with our final segment of Tribe Talk, those two talking about the fans and their impact on the Indians of the 90s. When we return after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. We are closer and closer to the beginning of spring training. Pitchers and catchers reporting on February the 14th, so less than two weeks away now. 
We'll have some uh, hard baseball news from Goodyear, Arizona, not long now. Some great baseball news in town on Friday here, as Jim Tomey was in town for the first time since being named to baseball's Hall of Fame. And he recorded a television show to air on Sports Time Ohio, along with the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton. Yesterday in downtown Cleveland, we've been hearing some excerpts from that program on our show today and in our final segment Tom asked Jim Tomey about the fans and their impact on those great clubs of the 1990s. These fans here in those 90s, they really became a part of it. We, we know obviously how enthused they were, but did you feel teams at times came to, to Jacobs Field then and were intimidated that maybe the game was over before it started? Well, I used to hear it a lot when I left here, and you would play with a guy that either was your teammate or on the opposing team say, gosh, we were scared of you guys in the 90s. We did not want to come. And then we set the bar high. Like, you know, the way we played, look, baseball knew it. Baseball knew the offense we had. And let's, I mean, we talk a lot about our offense. We had good pitching as well, a great bullpen. Uh, so this, was, this became such a tough place to win for opponents that that tradition carried on, you know, for a long time. Just that feeling of what Jacobs Field meant. Remember old Tiger Stadium? Now, these are the days. Tickets were gone basically by Wednesday after Thanksgiving. Remember how the tickets used to go on sale, like Black Friday or whatever the heck it's called? And they were gone by Wednesday, so people couldn't get tickets. We'd go to old Tiger Stadium, and how many people were in the park Detroit would be taking BP, and you guys would come out to stretch, and there'd be a standing ovation, and and the look in the Tigers' faces. It, it was incredible. I've got to tell you. I mean, you you talk about Detroit. You'd go to Toronto when we'd go to Cincinnati. When we go to Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Baltimore. We had to go in the service elevators in Baltimore. The service elevators. It was like. I mean, sometimes you felt like a rock star, you know, like, <laughs> like, man, I'm going through the back entrance here. Like, why not just go through? The, and but but that's what our fans created in a great way. Like, like we loved it. We absolutely embraced it. And the kids, I mean, I I get so many now adults that say to me, oh, I remember rooting for you as a kid. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm really not that old. <laughs> but th- th- that was that was so much fun during that time uh, to just experience what it was like. Playoffs coming home, flying at the airport, yes. and and you know the, the 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 having the police escort us back to from Jacob Seattle Field. at what five thirty in the morning? Yeah, like just that whole you know the parade after the World Series in '95, like it. It was so much fun. It really was. Jim, are there other moments that jump out at you in your career? I mean, you've had so many. Are you able to look at certain moments that stand out more than others? You know, there, it, it, look, it's been an absolute fabulous ride. And, yes, I mean, there's, there's great moments, moments that I can remember with of mom being around the ballpark, uh, moments of my kids you know, being around for the first time, moments of, you know, like playing against old teammates and competing against them, mm-hmm. those moments. I think the great thing baseball does is, you know, even today, I mean, you're still in the game. I'm still in the game. The fans love the game. 
it, it's, it's, it gives us an opportunity. Even when you leave, if you treat it good, it'll always give back to you. It'll always give you and embrace what the history and what it means. And that, for me, is the most special part. Is I just, I just was a kid in the Midwest that loved baseball, like most. And I think getting inducted into the Hall of Fame has, has maybe given those kids throughout mm-hmm. Cleveland, Minnesota, Peoria, you know, Philadelphia, you know, and Chicago a chance to, to dream and to dream that, hey, this might happen. How about some of those nights after games with your dad? Like when we were on the road, I can remember when we used to stay downtown in Detroit at Greektown. Yeah. And we'd all go there and have beers. Now, one thing, don't challenge Chuck and Jim to, yeah, I can have beers with these guys. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in an abusive way. First off, the can of beer looks like a salt shaker in Chuck and Jim's hand. And your dad was like... Uh, It was like it was a fraternity party because I think he got as much out of that as you did. He's absolutely loved this whole process from me being called up debut to the, you know, the progression and how it all unfolds. And then and then the fact that I think he really like once I retired, I think he dreamed about last week. And to have him have that moment for me is so special. I, I've been so blessed. I mean, my dad's had a chance to see me come to the big leagues, retire, and go into the Hall of Fame. Mm. I mean, that's that's pretty. And, and having mom not around, I think I, as as I'm a little older now and I have kids, I I know what my kids mean to me and what it must mean to him to have shared that and been around all them years. But uh, I still think you can drink more beers. I will say that. (laughs) I will go out on a limb. I mean, look, look, one of the greatest things we had, and I think uh, the clubhouse atmosphere was that you learn the game by having a couple pops. But mine were a couple. Yours were a little more. Hopefully my wife isn't watching. Exactly. Uh, hey, mine's right I thought the what, what happened on the road stayed on the road. It did. <laughs> Jim, that, you know, I loved when Jim said before, you know, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to find a way to beat you. Don't let the nice guy exterior. That takes, reminded me of your dad. Does, you know, now I'm dating myself. Anybody remember the king in his court, Eddie Fainer? Remember the great softball? Oh, your dad didn't like him. They were rivals, right? Yeah. They they competed, you know. And that was a t- I never experienced any of that. I always have just heard stories and oh, your dad was one of the best softball hitters in his time and obviously Eddie Fainer who was the king in his court uh was I mean, think about it. He was the king and and they had some great battles from what I understand. I've heard from my brothers that, yeah, you know what? Your dad was pretty good. <laughs> so I, but I always go back and I tell my dad, I'm like, yeah, dad, but that ball was a li- the softball is a little bit bigger than the baseball. <laughs> so you could see it a little better. <laughs> what a pleasure it was to see him in town for the first time since being named to the Hall of Fame. And that weekend in late July in Cooperstown, New York, should be something else as He'll be inducted into the Hall of Fame 
and that should be some kind of weekend in Cooperstown. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Thanks to our friends at Sports Time Ohio for permission to air a lot of the show that will air in its entirety, most likely on Friday. Check your local listings. Should be a great show. Again, Hammy and Jim Tomey, great friends, and it showed. And uh, some of the laughs that they had during the course of their interview, uh, it's a lot of fun. Check it out next week on Sports Time Ohio. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.